Good morning, everybody. Uh, Coach Jay here with Coach Tiff. And we just wanted to get in front of you guys and chat for a little bit so that you could get to know Tiff a little bit better. Um, and we can talk about sort of the, the future of Loco and where she's going to be in that process. And um, just really wanted to give you guys a chance to meet her and learn more about her and, and give you a chance for both of us to talk with you a little bit about where we see things going. So first things first, uh, I just want to go over Tiff's background and where she's coming from and all that jazz. So talk to me. Where'd you grow up? What'd you do growing up? Yeah. All that fun stuff. Okay. Well, I was um, born and raised in New Mexico, uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico, and so I'm a desert kid. Um, I grew up around ranches and horses and skiing and hiking and rock climbing and everything you do in the desert and mountains because we had the Sandias not too far away. Gotcha. Um, and then we moved to Colorado. Denver. I'm rewatching Breaking Bad right now, by the way. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. They're in New Mexico, right? Yeah, yeah they're not. They are in New yeah. Mexico, yep. Um, love the desert. I miss the desert. We used to, so we used to race cars in white sands back before, like you could in the <laughs> Yes. And then we would camp in the white sands and have bonfires and huge and stuff, but you can't do that anymore. It's, it's you can just walk around and can't camp anymore. But gotcha. that was a lot of fun. The desert's good fun. Um, you learn not to be afraid of snakes. <laughs> <laughs> I bet. Creatures of all sorts. Of all Coyotes, sorts. too. Yes. <laughs> Roadrunners, they do exist. They are real. Not just on Bugs Bunny. <laughs> is is the coyote they, chasing them? No, that's no and they don't meet me. Right? <laughs> <laughs> There's no meet me. Um, but they do exist. They used to run back and forth in our alley. Nice. In New Mexico, yeah. Um, and then in high school, I moved to Denver. Okay. Um, oh, and in New Mexico, I grew up playing two and four-man beach volleyball. Do you? Yeah. Do you still play? I do. Well, not here. I'm, I'm very competitive. <laughs> okay. And so beach volleyball is, um, I love it. It's a sport I absolutely love, but I'm very competitive, so I have to pull myself away Got here it. and there. Plus, I found that it's very difficult to get into the, the games. Yeah, just to get in here. Yeah. It's very selective and very like clickish, and yes, totally. I would love to have a place where we could just play beach volleyball, whatever, like sing So quick shout, Charleston Beach Volleyball and Social Club. You guys are the bomb, and I go there and play almost oh, really? a lot of weekends. Oh, so, okay. Fun fact, if you didn't know about me, I also grew up playing uh, doubles beach volleyball and still play a lot. So oh, okay. Well, I didn't know that. Well, yeah, Steven, Steven, too, plays. Yeah, I know Steven said he plays indoor. I yes. Know he, played. he doesn't, but yeah. I've gotten in over at Santee's in Mount Pleasant where I play a lot. Okay. We're good. Yes. Awesome. <laughs> well, my wrist gets better. I've, yes. I've been known to give it a couple Spalding tattoos. <laughs> you certainly have the height. So, yeah. Yeah. So then um, moved to Denver. And in Denver, I joined the swim team. So I was on the swim team there. I was also in the JRTC program. Um, what did you do for swim? What events? Butterfly and breast. What and then the IMs. Um, I did the 50 and 100 butterfly, 50 and 100 breast, okay. and then I did the individual IM okay. 100 and... Um, That's one lap of each IM? Yeah, That's so different. it's, yeah, so it's, I would kill on the fly, Yeah. not so good at backstroke, <laughs> kill on the breaststroke, and yeah. then I was decent on the free. Okay. 
right? But it's so a I different made stroke up, each direction. Yeah, so I made up what I lacked for in the in the back and the freestyle. Mm -hmm. I killed in the breast and the butterfly, hence butterfly shoulders. <laughs> so you know, snap, crackle, pop. Yeah, there. lots of grinding. Yeah, um, I was also on the on the uh, in ROTC and rifle team, which led right. me to my career in the military after. Gotcha. Um, Did you go, you went straight from high school to the military? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So how old were you? I signed um, May 6th, my 18th birthday. Dang. Like the day after my 18th birthday. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And it was with the Coast Guard the off Coast Guard. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, I've, and while I, was, while I was in Denver, I also played six-man indoor, okay. which I didn't like because I had my little square. I'm uh, sorry, Steven. <laughs> but I didn't like because I had my little square, and I was, I'm was a big person, used and I moving. just, yeah. I'm used to moving and everywhere. I like the beach better, too. Yeah, so, so yeah, I was a lifeguard all through high school. Um, so when I, uh, I joined the, I signed on the dotted line May 6th. I was going to join the Marines, actually, and my mom cried. <laughs> I'm going to lose my baby. And I did some research, and I found that even in 1996, there's not a lot that women could do. Right, in the Marine and Corps. In the Marine Corps, yeah. in the Navy, there wasn't a lot. Totally. But, so the Coast Guard got me because I was going to jump out of helicopters and save people yeah, like Kevin Costner. So, rescue right? swimmer? Yes, yeah, so yeah. I was going to do that. <laughs> Was going to do that. If you recruiters are tricky people if you're a recruiter out there. Actually, my recruiter and I are best friends, and we retired on the same day. Badass. Yes, on the same year. That's super yeah, cool. Chad, Chad Lovato. I have to tag him on this. Yes. Um, uh, so, joined the Coast Guard, and then I was part of the delayed entry program, so mm -hmm. I was still a lifeguard for the whole summer, and I went in in September. Okay. And do you remember those conch shell necklaces? Of course, the conch shell necklaces. Yes. yes. So I had to take mine off in um, boot camp, and they asked me. I was so tan, and I had blonde hair. They asked me if I was a blonde Puerto Rican. And I had my head sewn on. In boot camp, they're ruthless. They're just reckless and ruthless. They're so mean. So. Yeah. Fun and story, hold on, I want to tell a boot camp story real yes, quick. Yes, please it's, do. It's amazing. So, I was in the Marine Corps, and in Marine Corps boot camp, they are also not the nicest humans while you're there. So one night, I got up to go pee, and it was like two o'clock in the morning, and it just so happens that by my poor, unfortunate luck, the drill instructor, they have what they call a hut that looks over, so when you're in boot camp, you're in this, in the Marine Corps, you're in this giant open room, it's called a squad bay, and there's like 75 of you in there, and it's just bunks too high that are, that are like a foot apart from one another. Um, and, and, and then there's a hut at the end of the hallway, which is across from the bathroom. So somehow, he just happened to be awake, unfortunately. Oh, no. And so I went in, went to the bathroom, turn to come out and there's this man giant mammoth man sergeant warren who is a giant black guy with like he was gnarly he climbed first time i ever met him he climbed two different ropes one on each hand and then flipped over upside down and went upside down down sliding down the ropes like, yes that crazy is bad badass. yeah crazy yeah. badass dude so he's like in the bathroom after you do pt 
you take off your skivvies and you put them in this bucket and then they go to the laundry thing and you, they, the laundry gets done and then it comes back to you. So it's full of like dirty underwear, essentially. And he's just like, get in. And he points to that thing and he tells me to get in. So I go to, you don't say no to a drill instructor, BS. No, so I got in or I went to step in and he goes, no, the other way. So I had to climb in head first. <laughs> And then he drug it out into the squad bay and kicked it onto its side and then rolled it down the middle of the squad bay. That's my fun boot camp story. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that is awesome. I have several. Um, uh, but I'll just tell you that I was the tallest gal, obviously. It was the tallest chick in my uh, How tall are you? Six foot. Six foot. On a good day when I do my yoga, I'm like six and a half. Okay. Or like six. Six and almost half a right, You know what I'm saying? Inch, yes. Yeah, half an inch, not half a foot, half an inch. Anyways, my last name being Peltier, they couldn't say it, so they called me Perrier and then <laughs> Tall Drink of Water. <laughs> so I went from Pelter, Pulter, Pelter, Perrier to Tall Drink of Water, so I was Tall Drink of Water for quite a few months <laughs> in Bikini. So, what did you end up, if you didn't end up being a rescue swimmer, what did you end up doing? So I ended up being a what's called a quartermaster at first. Okay. Which is what? I say first. Uh, that is a shipboard navigator. So I'm on the bridge and I'm navigating the ships through our track lines and whatever, right? Yep. Taking us where we need to go. Right. Um, then the Coast Guard had this brilliant, not so brilliant idea, <laughs> uh, to merge the quartermaster rating with what we call a bosomate rating. And the boat's mate rating is a jack of all trades, master of none. Okay. They paint the boats, they drive the small boats, they do all the line handling, they do all of the knot tying. It's like a standard deckhand situation. Absolutely. Yeah. So the boat's mate's a deckhand, but then, you know, there's right. ranks of deckhands. <laughs> right. Uh, but we call them boat's mates. And so I was a boat's mate for a while, and I was a boat driver and what we call boarding officer in the Coast Guard. So I did all the boardings of all the boats and... Yes, we gave out boating under the influence. So if you drive your boat while intoxicated, just be wary. You can't get a ticket. Um, Coast Guard's all over Charleston. Yes, yes everywhere. Um, so I did that for a while. And then they came out with this new rating um, called the Maritime Enforcement Specialist Rating. And they did that while I was at a unit um, called the Maritime Safety and Security Team. And so I got to do all the like, counter-narcotics, counter-immigration, all stuff. the fun stuff. I work with Customs Border Patrol, all that good stuff. And because I'd already had all the qualifications for this ME rating, I went ME and then did more fun stuff. How many, helicopters. How many years were you at that rate? Was that from that time till the end? So 2000, let's see, 2001, 2009, Oh my gosh, I can't remember. Sometime in the 2000s, they created that that rating. So I think it was 2009. And you got so, out. So and then I got out in 2017. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. When on that journey did you start coaching? Um. So for me, fitness. I'll start with fitness because that's what brought me into coaching. Mm -hmm. Um. I was getting fit the wrong way. Okay. So I wasn't eating enough and I was taking hydroxy cut with ephedra back in the day. Right? Legal. <laughs> legal. And I was following the 
every program in muscle fitness, hers, and all the magazine workouts. I would even get like men's health and yeah. I'd follow those, right? I remember the men's health Spart Sparta workout. Sparta workouts, <laughs> yeah. So I would do all of those, mind you, not eat. Bug? Yeah, got it. <laughs> Perfect. Not eat, take hydroxycut with ephedra, and you know, I didn't party a lot in high school, so, and I didn't go to college, so. I was also partying quite a bit at the same time in the Coast Guard. That was my party time. Yeah. Um, and I just did it the wrong way, and I ended up in the hospital with a heart monitor. Heart monitor with heart palpitations for like a week. Yeah. Um, That's what that hydroxycuddle do. Yes. Speedy. Yes. Yeah. And so the doctor was like, the doctor basically said, Tiff, you have to get this under control. So yeah. I did, and I didn't have anybody to help me, hence why I got into coaching. There was nobody I knew that could help me. And I reached out and I just didn't get anything. I even went so far as the email, Muscle Fitness, Herds Magazine, like all these magazines that yeah. say I need help. Yeah. And I didn't get any. So I started researching and doing all that, getting really into it. And I got my personal trainer certification. I got all the help through the Coast Guard because uh, they have what's called health promotion coordinators. So I became one of those. And I just started researching the right way to work out, you know, and I got- When was this, roughly? Like year Roughly 2001. Okay, so 20 years ago. Yeah. Okay. Oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> um, so I started researching all that, got into the health promotion, got into all of that, got my personal trainer certification, just started really researching nutrition and getting into NASM, and so I have all these qualifications through NASA and stuff like that. And I fell in love with triathlons. And I was a triathlete for many years. Okay. And then I found the kettlebell. Well, the kettlebell found me. <laughs> okay. We'll just put it that way. You're like, um, what is that thing? Yeah. This so, doesn't feel like running. Yeah, when I got to NCRD in San Diego, I met this guy, Al Lorimore, a kettlebell, Russian hardstyle kettlebell instructor, RKC. Yeah. And he got me I fell in love with the kettlebell because it helped my triathlon times. Mm -hmm. My transition times were faster. My, everything was just faster. I think I lost like four minutes. Yeah. I mean, significant amount of time. Um, That's P.S. Guys, if you're an endurance athlete and you do, you're not cross training. You are doing yourself a disservice. Not only sure. from a. a performance improvement standpoint, but from a injury prevention standpoint. Oh, like it, yeah. it will reduce your injuries times a million. You'll be more mobile. Um, I, I worked with a marathoner for, I mean, it was only six months and, and uh, it was a female and she had never been able to break four hours and had done a ton of marathons. And I think we got her to like 331. Nice. For the next marathon that she ran, and I had her for six months. Imagine what we could do over two years. Two years, today, yeah, you know, like, for sure. Yeah. Uh, sorry, sidebar. No, <laughs> and he would kick my ass in thirty minutes with yeah. one kettlebell, yeah. and so I learned a lot of that, and I loved it. Now I went to the Middle East, and I became at the gym there whenever we were there because I was deployed a lot. But mm -hmm. when I was I was there, I was coaching courses and coaching classes. I worked out with the uh, Navy SEAL SWICs and, mm -hmm. and frogs, right? So I was with them all the time and I would do the run, swim, run with them and they would come to my classes and work out. And uh, I actually did PT there and I had a couple people who had gotten hurt from CrossFit. Mm -hmm. Like, hmm, I don't know <laughs> if I'm going to like this CrossFit thing and that's when I that. first started. Okay. And I realized, I went with them and I realized it 
um, it was the coaching right, for sure. that was wrong because they were more worried about reps and time than they were quality of movement. And so I talked to these guys while I was getting them rehabilitated, right? Like one of them sprained their ankle really bad and I was just working with them and stuff. I told them, I said, listen, if you concentrate, I love what you're doing because what you're doing is what we've all done. Greg Glassman just stamped CrossFit to it and made a million dollars. Good for him. Right. We've done cross training for years, right. Right? right? And I said, I told him, I said, if you want to continue to do this, you've got to look at the quality of your movement, not just not just time and reps and how fast and how much weight. I said, start small, work your way big, and you will see differences and you'll get better. Mm -hmm. And he was like, okay, you need to be my coach. And I said, well, I need to figure out this whole CrossFit thing first. Mm -hmm. So I did, and um, it was amazing. I loved <laughs> it, right? And I came, right? And I came here, I transferred here, and I met a guy who got me, Josh Hartzell. He was at CrossFit Charleston for a while. Uh, he brought me into CrossFit, and I was still a little bit hesitant just because I knew the guys in the Middle East about their coaching and helping them out, but these guys here. And when was that? I don't, it was 2011. Okay. Yeah, so I wasn't sure. I was like, ah, I don't, I've you know, been doing some stuff, and he's like, just come. And at the, I was at Flexi and I've been coaching a lot of um, kettlebell classes. Mm -hmm. And I had like 15, 16 people in my class at 5.30 in the morning. Mm -hmm. It was crazy. Mm -hmm. It was great. Heck yeah. Do you ever go train at Charleston Kettlebell Club? No. Mike, no. No, I didn't even know there was one here, right? So. Gotcha. Um, Shout out to them, Charleston Kettlebell Club. You guys are awesome. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I watched them and I fell in love with it again. You know, and then I got into it and I got my, my cert and all that other stuff. So, and then came, fell in love with Olympic lifting, got my Olympic lifting cert. Yeah. Um, I hold several national um, records now and I've done the Pan American Games for the Masters so and awesome. Nationals Masters Championships. So it's, is that I love where, it. Where your training passion is now is only stuff mostly? Like what lights you up from your personal training? Any barbell work, it's not even just Olympic lifting. I love bench, I love deadlift. It's, that's where the strength comes up. I just love being strong. I love being able to help people get stronger. Yeah. You know, so, and all the strength comes from that barbell, or at least those movements, yeah, right? It could be with dumbbells, any implement whatsoever. It's just the movement of those squats, bench, uh, deadlift, gets you stronger, and I love it. 100%. So I wanna circle back just real quick on CrossFit, how it was done when you were overseas, and CrossFit, how it was done at CrossFit Charleston, mm -hmm. slash how it's you know done not necessarily the right way versus making sure that it's done how it's supposed to be done, right? Right. And there's a few really big things here, and what I like to tell people is CrossFit affiliates are like salons or barber shops, mm -hmm. right? In that each one has its own totally different vibe and flavor. Oh, absolutely. And some barbershops or salons, you walk in and you get your haircut and you are like, damn, I look good. And you walk out and you feel super confident and amazing and everything was awesome. Then you walk into a different salon or barbershop and you get your haircut and you walk out and you're like, damn, I cannot wait another two weeks until I can get a haircut because they jacked this up, right? Yeah. So not all salons and barbers are, are 
equal, same for CrossFit affiliates, right? Absolutely, there's people yeah. that are out there that are doing things the right way, and there's people that are out there that are doing things the wrong way. And we need to make sure that we're doing things the right way, prioritizing movement, prioritizing energy systems work, working in different planes of motion so that you stay healthy over the long term. Mm -hmm. One of the things that drives me sort of uh, insane, although it's starting to flip back around in, in the CrossFit community now, is everybody went down the road of you know, doing a ton of stuff in what we call a sagittal plane, right? Squats, deadlifts, oh, yeah. presses. Um, there's not a lot of twisting. There's not a lot of lateral movement. And, and that's not awesome from a, a longevity standpoint. Right. The other, exactly, and fitness in general, and just how that translates to life outside of the gym. Mm -hmm. And the other piece is people sort of forgot what the original intent of CrossFit was, right? People are chasing yeah. a five-minute mile and a 500-pound deadlift. But right in CrossFit, Greg Glassman, the former owner of CrossFit, says in the methodology that basic CrossFitters, like not games-level athletes, basic CrossFitters should be able to do simple gymnastics skills. Yes. Which in this case, what he considers a simple gymnastics skill, most of us would consider a very advanced gymnastics skill, but in his opinion, a basic crossfitter should be able to do this. So we're talking about like a straddle press to handstand, mm -hmm. or a pirouette, or um, I'm gonna draw blanks on some other stuff right now, but these skills that high level CrossFit athletes just sort of forgot to develop and then they, they introduced some stuff at regionals or in the games that everyone was like, oh crap, this yeah. is this other part of it, right? And so at affiliates, I think we hammer or can hammer a lot down the, what people think is classic competitive CrossFit instead of the original intent, which was to be a, a jack of all trades, master of none, because by definition, if we're a power lifter, I'm gonna be really strong, but if I ask you to run to the road and back, you're gonna be dying, yeah. right? On the flip side of that, same is true if you're a marathoner and I ask you to do a max height box jump, it might be 12 inches, right? Mm -hmm. and, and so they're missing a lot of power. Um, and in life, life rewards a generalist, right? We never know what's gonna come our way. So if you specialize in something, you are not preparing yourself for something that life may throw your way. So right. That is our goal is to be ready. That's the original intent of CrossFit. The reason it was so many military people and first responders is we need to be ready for our job and you never knew what the heck yeah. was going to come, right? As ready a Marine. Ready for the unknown, right? Exactly. Yeah. The unknown, that basic principle that it was built off of. You got it. Yeah. Unknown and unknowable. Yeah. Right? You never know what's coming and that's why every year the open, the workouts are a surprise and the games are a surprise, all of that stuff. Yeah. Okay. Um, so just quickly, I wanna talk about sort of how I see us using TIFF and, and how she's gonna sort of integrate into the community. So the plan for the past year or so has been to get to a place where all of our staff, or by far the majority of our staff, our team, are full-time coaches. They are, this is what they do professionally. It's not a side gig, it's, it's their life's work like it is mine, it's their passion, because I need a team of people around me um, that are really 
what they care about is the success of our clients and our members, and that is their sole focus, and it's and they give their their life to it, right? Because it's a, a lifelong journey of trying to keep up with, you know, the science. Believe it or not, guys, the science is constantly changing on what we should be doing and what we shouldn't be doing and how we should be doing it, which is why I'm not afraid to tell you, like, my stance on a ton of different things has changed over time because oh, the science changes. Yeah, right? it will continue to change. Um, and so, Tiff, this has been something that she has been doing and, and has been working towards, and she has every certification known to mankind. Um, and, and she really, I think, is, is going to end up in our head coach role. So that is the direction that we are headed here. She is going to be the coach of the coaches. She's going to help develop them. So another part of Tiff's background is writing curriculum for things and writing development programs. And, and so... Um, She's going to be the trainer of the trainers, right? She, her role is to make sure that the product that we're delivering, which is amazing health and fitness, right? Be it small classes or one-on-one -on -one stuff is always current and is always the best that it can be and is standardized and is awesome every time that it goes out the door. Um, the other piece with Tiff is she's got some amazing specialties, right? She loves the barbell. Uh, and so another place that we want to use her is, is getting our barbell club rolling again and really getting it to take hold and really putting some love into it. And for those of you that love to lift, we're going to do our best to, to really have an outlet for you for that. So Tiff, tell me a little bit about what you're thinking with barbell club and what it's going to look like and, and all of that. Yeah, for sure. So um, the barbell club I'd like to uh, establish as soon as we get into the new gym. And the way I like to run it is it's a month at a time. And so let's just say for the month of September, we'll just put that there. Um, I would go over just the clean and jerk. You start light, work on technique and form and make sure that what you can do with lightweight, you can do with heavyweight. Um, so start light, start easy, start fresh, work our way up to the last Friday. So it would be every Friday. Um, I'm looking forward to that every Friday at 6, hopefully. And so the last Friday of the month, we're working heavy, heavy barbell movement. Um, the thing I like to do, though, in my barbell classes is I start with a little bit of uh, neuro work to get your body ready to move that barbell. And then we work on the lift itself, whether it's, just the, whether it's a clean, a power clean, any part of the clean, and then the jerk, um, working our way through that. And I also do some accessory movements at the end to make sure that what we've done during the class really sticks. And by accessory movements, I might introduce you to a bamboo bar. Um, they're might, fun. They're fun, lots of fun. <laughs> um, if you haven't worked with overhead stability walks, get ready, right? Because there's a lot of stuff that, um, that works. Like, I hate to tell you guys, but bicep curls are needed. Maybe not every day, but they are needed. So you might do bicep curls and tricep presses, right? So all those little, all those um, accessory movements that we don't do a lot of in CrossFit, we are gonna do in the Barbell Club because they are needed. So September would be clean and jerk. Then um, October, October. I don't know what day it is, so I don't about it. October would be the snatch, right? And so we work our way from beginning to the end of snatch. And then the third month would be how to utilize those, that move, those movements that you've just done and learned 
in CrossFit. So teaching you how to cycle them properly, how to uh, lift it properly while you're, you know, while you're, you're breathing heavy, right, under fatigue, you're stressed, you're strained, so a lot of that stuff. So I may have you do fifth, like 15 burpees and then do the prettiest clean and jerk you've ever done in your life. And that's the mentality behind it. Um, so that's what I'm looking to is, is really concentrating on just the Olympic lifts. But don't worry, we will be doing deadlifts and especially snatch grip deadlifts um, and uh, strict presses and stuff like that. So you're still going to get a lot of that other barbell work. Standard barbell stuff. Absolutely, yeah. Cool. So that is going to be awesome. And again, we're planning on starting that as soon as we move to the new building. Um, I'll talk to our members in our group about that today, FYI. So that is coming. Um, so one of the things that Tiff mentioned there, she likes to prime her athletes that are coming to Barbell Club on the neurological side, right? And so that's the basically the signal that your brain is sending to your muscles, right? And, and making things fire in a certain order with a certain intensity. Right. Um, and, and so another one of the things that Tiff is really going to step up and do for us is some sort of specialty personal training stuff. And this is something that I'm going to be doing as well. Two totally different um, versions of, of specialty PT coming at you, but both of them are going to be tools that are going to be able to help take your training sort of to the next level, right? And, and or just experience some new stuff, some stuff that's going to be good for you neurologically, physiologically, um, can lead to, you know, stress reduction, all of these things that, that are, are awesome. And so um, on my end, what I've got going on is we're going to bring some contrast therapy sessions to um, the new gym. And one of the things at the new gym, I'm sure a lot of you guys know, is we've got some infrared saunas that are coming. And infrared saunas are, are really just sort of heat up your body, right? And one of the, so we talked earlier about how science is constantly evolving, adapting. One of the big things, probably one of the biggest trends I would say right now in, in the health and fitness space is heat, cold, and breath. Those are like three really big areas of seeing how controlling these things affects the rest of your training and your recovery and all of that stuff. So we've got our sauna. Then we've got some ice baths that are going to be happening at the new gym. I, by the grace of God, somehow found a 1,400 pound ice machine. Makes 1,400 pounds of ice a day. Um, and so we're going to have some ice baths that will be set up out there. One of the things, and the big people that are into this right now are like um, Laird Hamilton and Gabby Reese and. Um, Brian McKenzie, and, and they're a part of this group called XPT. Um, and they, they're sort of pioneering this work in contrast training, which the, the sort of typical setup is 15 minutes in the sauna, three minutes in the ice for three rounds. And so what, we'll, what the session will be is we'll come into the gym, we'll do a warm up, we'll do some mobility work, we'll do some strength work, we'll do some conditioning, then we'll finish with some of this thermal work where we're doing some contrast therapy, ice and heat. So that's sort of what, what I'm going to be working on in the new space of one of many things. 
Um, Tiff is going to be working on stuff more on the neurological side. So why don't you tell them a little bit about Z Health and what that okay. sort of looks like. Yeah, so I am certified in, I believe, seven of the 13 courses uh, that Z Health has to offer. Z Health is a neurocentric performance solution company. So they concentrate on the brain and how the brain and the nervous system acts with the, acts with the body and how... Um, simple things can like simple eye movements can increase and enhance performance dramatically um, it can take pain away right so we work with the brain and the different nervous systems so we have the visual system your vestibular system which is your balance system and then your proprioceptive system which is all of your joints and stuff so through drills of eye drills and like head movement drills keep keeping you on your toes, you know, off balance and stuff, working that. And then moving just joints, uh, we can significantly enhance your performance uh, in all angles. Whether you're what I call a computer athlete, if you work at home, right, and you're doing this all day, uh, we have drills for carpal tunnel, we have drills for all of that. If you're a truck driver athlete and you're sitting like this all day, um, we have drills to help with that, and they're very, very simple, uh, very easy, but complex at the same time because of what you're doing with your body and how you're actually enhancing it. So um, if you guys wanted to, look it up. It's called Z Health Education. They have a video on Neurology 101 and what they actually do. So at zhealtheducation.com. You guys can go look it up. I actually encourage you to um, because... I can sit here and try to explain it to you all day long, but once you get in the gym and you start to see stuff, and I actually have some videos coming out with Steven and Angie who helped me show some of these neurological things um, and issues that you might run into, I have some videos coming. It's easier for you to understand if you just see it, yeah, cool. or feel it. So you'll be, you'll see Tiff around the gym a lot, um, and so when you're in there, if you're curious, you can have her run you through a couple of drills so you can get a vibe for it. And, and um, I think for a lot of people out there, this is going to be uh, a big deal. I think it's going to help a lot of folks who are dealing with some stuff that they think is chronic issues that, that can be cleaned up by doing some of this work. So. Super stoked about that. Uh, we are gonna finish this off with putting Tiff on the spot with some lightning round questions. So these are just quick fire questions, quick fire answers, um, just a fun way to finish this off and then we will shut it down. So first one, where is the place that you most wanna travel? Um, Ireland. Ireland. Yeah, Ireland. So okay. I did the 23andMe. Yeah. And for years I thought I was French because my dad's a lot. Because my dad is French right. and my family's from France. No, I'm 46 percent Irish. <laughs> okay. And they even said Viking. So okay. I'm like, I'm all about the Vikings. Right? So. <laughs> Have you ever seen that show? Yes. It's amazing. It is. It's uh, very good. That's yeah. my hair. My hair is yeah. going towards that right yeah. now. We're going for Viking. Um, do you prefer dawn or dusk? Ooh. Um, dawn. When I lived in Hawaii, we would do dawn surfing all the time, yes. and so dawn brings me the most joy. Same. Yeah. I'm also a dawn person, in case you're curious. Um, what would you choose as a superpower if you could pick one? Ooh, a superpower. Um, 
flying. I that would, would want to fly. Yeah. yeah. I, I have dreams of flying yeah. all the time. I think yeah. flying would be a good one too. Um, if you were a wrestler, what would your walkout song be? Yes. I know that one. <laughs> Stronger. So I just heard this song called Stronger by the Phantoms with black violin in it. So it's like, it's a really good lifting song. You just have to listen to she it. She played it for me right before we came on. It's pretty dope. Check yeah, it it's awesome. Um, have you picked up a new habit in the last year? In the last year? Yes. What is well, it? what kind of habit are we talking Anything. about? Anything. Any habit? Yeah, okay. any new habit. So, of course, my mind goes to fitness, right? Sure. Um, I have fallen in love with sandbags. Okay. And so I will, I've purchased many and, <laughs> and won one from Brute Force. Nice. Bruce, Shout out Brute Force. Brute Force Those sandbags are, awesome. are amazing. Yeah, they are. Um, but yeah, so Go I... Oh, do they? Well, I was introduced to Brute Force through the Tactical Games, right. which is something else that I absolutely love to do. I uh, think obstacle course racing meets tactics and shooting. It's amazing. Sounds fun. Anyways, they had Brute Force sandbags there, and we had to do some sandbag work. And I'd done some sandbag work before, but not like this. Right. So I got done with my events, with my battles, and I went online and purchased sandbags. <laughs> Give them to me. We have a yes. ton in the gym. We just aren't using so, them. Right and now. I have sandbag kettlebells. Yeah, they're the bomb. I, take, I, I would take I, those to I the I don't have one, but I've used them before. Yeah. So, yeah. So, my habits are sandbags. And the girls who work out with me, I have a couple girls who come to my gym because of the COVID thing. They come to my garage. Right. And it's always, you guys want to use the sandbags for that? <laughs> no, Tiffany, we don't. Hard pass. <laughs> um, if you... Actually, let's do this one first. Best purchase for less than $100 or $200 in the past year? My sandbags. Sandbags? Yeah. <laughs> I, figured, I figured. That's why I went there. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, no, but okay. So the other one would be my, um, it's a Nirvana. It helps stimulate your vagus nerve. Okay, yeah. Um, so I Which say, you can do through breath, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. And Tiger Balm. You can ask me how. Um, and I, I point to my left ear because the vagus nerve goes through your, your left ear right. for the parasympathetic nervous system. Right. Um, so I recently had my kidney, my left kidney removed. Mm -hmm. And because your vagus nerve controls all of your uh, organs and everything here, including your lungs, mm -hmm. that's a, uh, having your kidney removed is very traumatic to the vagus nerve. And so I bought this in order to help calm my vagus nerve and just kind of, because the vagus nerve is really big in your parasympathetic nervous system. What, what's the, what's it do? Like not the, not the nerve, the equipment. The like equipment. What, yeah. So it's little ear, earplugs and what it does is it sends different frequencies gotcha. at different times. So I have it on ocean because yeah. you can't hear it. But my body feels Notice it, it yeah. and it, the ocean waves are, it makes me feel like I'm sitting on the beach next to the ocean. That's so cool. So, yeah, so I just, and I just fall right asleep. What are they yeah. called again? Oh, no. of course. It's okay. It's nope, okay. I'm going to look it up right here because <laughs> I have the, it's Nuvana. Nuvana. Yeah, Nuvana. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And if you guys are interested, let me know. Uh, but the vega, the parasympathetic nervous system, which is really a big part of the vagus nerve, is in charge of your rest, digest, relax part of your body. 
And a lot of CrossFitters are actually stuck in the sympathetic nervous state. And the sympathetic nervous state is your fight or flight. So everybody's like this all the time. Um, and we don't really want to be that way. We want, you know, when we work out, we want our sympathetic nervous system up, but when we're resting and relaxing, so if you have digestive issues, it might actually be because your sympathetic nervous system is in overdrive. So we want to increase our parasympathetic nervous system so that we rest, relax, we digest and everything. So that's been the best purchase, I think, even over the sandbags. P.S. The stuff that I was just talking about, breath, contrast therapy, hot and cold, that's all with the same intent. Right? It's all about um, parasympathetic, sympathetic nervous system transitions and understanding the different states that you can put your body in with those things. And also, like like I said, breath is probably the biggest oh, yeah, thing. For sure. Like if yeah. you know certain breathing drills can put you in a sy sympathetic state or a parasympathetic. Parasympathetic, yeah, yeah for sure. Got going on. Another person that's really, really awesome to talk to this about is Coach Courtney. Mm -hmm. This is like her jam, right? Yeah. Neuroscience. She knows this stuff way better than either of us do. So that's another, not to say that we don't know what we're talking about, but she's got her doctorate in it. So um, last one, and then we're done. If you could have a billboard that you could put a message on, what would it say? Hope. Hope. Good one. Yeah. It's a, a good place to end it. Just hope. All right, guys, thanks for hanging out. Um, give us in the comments if you got any questions or anything like that. Sorry we didn't keep an eye on them. I have no idea how many people have been watching or if you've been saying anything. Uh, but I'm sure a lot of you will catch this on the replay. Thank you guys for hanging out. Thank you, Thank Coach you guys. This is awesome, and we will see you guys soon. Ha, ha, ha.